When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. But now it kind of changes. But at the same time, we have a veteran ball club now. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different <laughs> team now. We have a veteran ball club where I could, I can now pick and choose when I want to be uh, more vocal because now we have AD who's very vocal as well that people don't know about. He's a great leader. You know, Rondo is in his second year mm-hmm. with the team who's uh, – was huge. Jared Dudley is very vocal that people don't know about it. Uh, well, I would call him Jared Dudley, but yeah. we, we call him Duds on the team. Yeah. I got, okay. We got nicknames. He's going to be very valuable to this very set. Valuable, yeah. Very valuable, very so, uh, valuable. So, yeah, to this set and all, to this court right here. Uh, you know, so, um, you know, I, I'm just looking forward to everything. You know, I, I reflected on a lot as far as on the court, uh, off the court, how I can be better. Um, you know, it's not the season that I wanted um, any of the Laker faithful to remember me by um, in my first year. So, um, I'm extra motivated by that um, in his own sense. Everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where we ain't here to talk about it. We're here to be about it. So I guess we're done. Just kidding. We're a podcast, silly. We have to talk about it. Gotcha. Uh, but as far as your 2019-20 Lakers go, they are well underway at being about it 2020 as training camp has officially started and preseason is just a few days away. Also, as far as Lakers jersey photoshops go, you can also put down your styluses and shut down your art tablets because we got the real thing now. Alan, how does it feel seeing Devontae Kaycock and Demetrius Jackson in Lakers jerseys for real? Did you ever think this day would come? I have them on the way right now. They're being shipped to my house. So I can't oh. wait to wear those. I'll definitely post a picture. And uh, if you could please post it on our Twitter as well, that'd be great. And then I bought a bunch of purple letters and a blank Laker jersey. And I'm just going to make my own on Tetacumpo one <laughs> because uh, there's too much stitching. It's just way too expensive. So I got some like f- some purple felt from Joanne's Fabrics. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to pull that one off too. Dude, don't you worry about that. The Lakers 
are definitely printing <laughs> Antetokounmpo jerseys on their own, for sure. Alan, Anthony Davis in a Lakers jersey, for real. Lakers media day, the start of training camp. This is going to be a quick episode. Let's just get right into it. How are you feeling this year? What were your general vibes from Lakers media day? We can get into like uh, specific players we thought were interesting, but overall, how was it this year? The first first year since the rebuild officially last year kind of felt like that because we had LeBron James, but it, it still felt like a gap year, transition year. And this year it's kind of like championship contention, no asterisks involved. Did that change the dynamic for you at all? It's totally different from last year. Last year was like LeBron's got to get to know the kids kind of thing. And everybody be patient, be chill. It's going to take a while because um, it's just a completely different and somewhat strange dynamic, right? This year you got all vets. You know, you have, you have dudes that have championship experience. Uh, we've said it multiple times now. They're professionals, right? They they know what needs to happen from day one. There isn't. There's going to be a get to know you mm-hmm. period. But as far as like get to know how to play basketball, that's clearly not the case. Uh, so it's just a different vibe. It felt like this is like messed up to say, and it's overly simplified. But it feels like a real basketball team, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it like <clears throat> it feels comfortable in a way, I guess, and um, familiar if we want to go back to you know, like basically a decade ago. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, a lot of what we're going to say is going to sound very obvious and no duh today. But I mean, that's what happens when you have a group of guys who have been in the league and established themselves and are coming together for the first time. And you're not starting off with, you know, a bunch of 21, 22 year olds who still need to learn the fundamentals and basics of the game. And it's going to sound obvious because, like you said, we haven't been here in a while. So we're kind of just reconnecting the dots here. And for me, I don't know if you got the same sense. A lot of how you feel about Media Day is going to be dictated based off of what you were doing at the time you were listening or like reading all of these articles and listening to all these interviews. Obviously, for you and I, we were probably at work, so we could only get spatterings here and there. But I think for me, this year was kind of boring, but boring in a good sense. Yeah, yeah. Boring in a business-like sense, because all of the interviews you heard were done by veterans who, who just wanted to get down to business and be about it. A lot of what the guys had to say was very to the point and uh, getting down to the nitty-gritty already. As very matter-of-fact. Yeah, without a lot of frill, right? And so I kind of liked that. I mean, for the most part, I was pretty subdued. Like, I wasn't super lit about any one thing. Obviously, it's really cool to see the pictures. That's what you get most excited about, right? But as far as the interviews go... I was just like, okay, that's cool. Let's get down to business. You know, let's start seeing these guys on the court running up mm. and down and uh, getting these plays done. So, yeah, it was it was a weird sense of like I wasn't too high or, or too low. It was just like, okay, these guys know what they have to get done. Let's do this. And, and I think LeBron James kind of set the tone for everything, right? He said he started to talk about it, and then he was like, you know what? I'm not even going to say anything. We're here to be about it. <laughs> I know yeah, some people yeah. will find that corny, but I just like that that's the stance they're going with. Was there anything that particularly stood out to you? I guess we can start with with uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis telling LeBron James that he wants him to hold him, or he wants LeBron James to hold him accountable on defense. LeBron James saying, we're going to play through Anthony Davis. If we're not playing through Anthony Davis, then why the hell do we have him? 
Anthony Davis calling LeBron James the GOAT, and they're just like doing this ping pong, you know, words of affirmation thing towards each other. <laughs> um, yeah, just how did you feel about, you know, hearing Anthony Davis officially as a Lakers speak for the first time and just the vibes going into it with our leaders up top? Felt really good. Uh, I think one of my biggest takeaways, and it was a theme across all the players and, um, you know, front office coaches, etc., was this idea of taking one day at a time. And you hear that all the time. It's like the ultimate cliche of, oh, we're just focused mm-hmm. on today. But I don't know. It's like I'm actually buying into their words this time. If you mm-hmm. hear Lonzo or Brandon Ingram or whatever the last couple of years say, oh, we're just taking it one day at a time. I mean, I'm a little skeptical, right, that you as a, a rookie or second-year player are actually able to sure. be mentally disciplined in that type of way. Like, And that's fine, like, to be really stoked and excited for the season. But again, these guys have been through so many seasons. They're not looking ahead to March, April, May, June, right? Um, they're literally focused on being, and this is even what Dwight said, like, present and in the moment and aware of what is going on in this second right now because that's all you can control and i don't know about you and this is more like personal i guess like but as we get older um that's something that i'm concentrating on in my life you know uh shout out to victor wang our buddy who we've mentioned a few times like i've even meditated like three times this week for the first time (laughs) and this whole like idea of like being present in the moment like thinking about your breath and what you feel in your body and what sensations there are happening blah 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 it's so calming and it's it provides so much clarity. So hearing these guys say it the other day and the fact that I've been journaling about it for myself this week, maybe that's why it hit me like a little bit more significantly. Right. Um, that's what stood out to me was just, again, that word like maturity and perspective. So that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. And, and Anthony Davis is he's still relatively young. True, but true. it's it's nice to see that he's got the right group of guys around him that can kind of help mentor him and that he's very open to that mentorship and very hungry for it, right? And I, it's really comforting to have guys like Danny Green, Avery Bradley, and Danny Green especially because... He sounds like Matt Barnes. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Like his voice literally sounds like Matt Barnes. <laughs> no, no, totally. Um, but, but Danny Green, especially after the year that he came from, he has that perspective of what is it like to put a team like this together on the fly and have to be championship contenders and how do how do people adapt? And it's nice to have a guy who's been through it and who can help. I don't even think he needs to help these guys because Avery Bradley's a pro. He's a vet. A lot of guys have jumped around. And I think at this stage, because we have so many veterans, they know how to adapt on the fly. And I think that's what I'm most uh, encouraged about that even though this team seems like it was literally put together patchwork quilt style, that they'll be able to really coalesce and and become a cohesive unit sooner rather than later. And Danny Green just stressing the fact that to quote him, guys understand the importance of the opportunity and the magnitude of the situation. Guys put their pride and egos to the side. They know this is Anthony Davis's team. They know this is LeBron James' team, and everybody will follow suit from there. So to have a guy like Danny Green, who's like a leader in his own right, kind of set the tone in that way for the rest of the role players, that's going to have a trickle-down effect on everybody else, and hopefully a trickle-down effect on Dwight Howard especially. Were were there any... uh, Actually, before we get to your individual impressions of guys, really quickly, just wanted to remind everybody to... 
Please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes because the more you rate and review us, oh. that's how many. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. <laughs> That's how many more uh, Captain America memes we're going to see of Alex Caruso, maybe? Oh, yeah. There you go. Alex Caruso without his mustache. <laughs> Looks better, dude. Looks better without his mustache. <laughs> it's a little wispy. Exactly. Also, if you haven't yet checked it out, check out our last episode with Pete Zayas at Laker Film Room. Happy belated birthday, Pete. Oh, yeah. Happy belated birthday, Pete. Uh, we prime the Lakers season and prep you guys for the season. Check that out. Okay. Yeah, Alan, was there any... Any other things that stood out to you, whether it was from individual guys, whether you were surprised by how somebody talked? Yeah, anything like that. I was I was surprised by Dwight, I would say. Mm-hmm. He's just, as I literally just said right now, like he seems very grounded. Um, it's funny, though. There's not to be like hypercritical of the way he interacts with people just through conversation, but sometimes he's a little defensive, I think. Like he, mm-hmm. he still has that sensitivity to him. And, you know, like, that's fine. Um, but I, I do think he he's, like, making a very conscious effort to focus on the things he can control. I think that's the biggest thing. And, um, you know, uh, people interviewing him or whatever might say something like, you seem like your like, emotions are in check right now or something along those lines. And he'll be like, again, he'll say something a little bit defensive back. Um, or someone will say, like, do you think you can, like, get back to being, um, Dwight Howard of old, but, like, still fulfill your role and dominate, but then, like, find that balance and blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, I'm going to dominate no matter what. Mm-hmm. And he, what he means by that is not, like, I'm going to shoot these jump hooks, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm going to figure out what it is I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to do my best at that thing. Right. Um, <clears throat> so again, are these all the right answers? Sure. Uh, do we buy it? Does he seem authentic? Maybe I'm biased with my purple and gold shades on, but I'm starting to buy into it more. Bro, I am like all the way there with Dwight. It took yeah, me very yeah. quickly to get to I this know. point, but it just is different, right? And he said the word accountability too he said when he spoke with rob palenka he told rob i want you to hold me accountable and by the way my proof of that is i'm giving you a non-guaranteed contract exactly. or i will sign this non-guaranteed contract so i think that speaks volumes you know he talked about it but he was also about it and i think with dwight he's like like you mentioned it feels like he's very hyper aware of all the narratives surrounding him and you can almost see his head spinning and trying to already counteract all of the questions he's going to get that he's probably already rehearsed in his mind. Poor guy, right? But I think even having said that, you can tell that he he really wants to prove it to people this time around. Uh, there's that extra sense of motivation to really be authentic and genuine with him, quote unquote, turning over a new leaf. But as as far as things on the basketball end, you know, seeing those those scrimmage photos and scrimmage videos of Dwight Howard out there, yeah. it, just, it just hit me that, you know, no matter how lean Dwight Howard has become, he's still got those broad-ass shoulders, dude, <laughs> that have oh, always sure. been like a staple of who Dwight Howard is. And you just kind of stack that up with Anthony Davis and what a weird physical specimen he is, and LeBron James, and... JaVale. JaVale, too, but, but JaVale's kind of like more slight in frame. He's very athletic. But in terms oh, of just okay, like a okay. physical specimen and freak i don't think i've ever seen three of those sorts of guys on one basketball team you know yeah no i can't think of it (laughs) 
we are going to be putting a hurt on people who drive it into the lane. Dwight Howard, and Anthony Davis, and LeBron James are going to bruise people up, dude. They're already bruising each other up in practice. It's awesome. Yeah, it's like you got these linebackers out there as basketball players, right? It's just, <laughs> it's ridiculous to even envision and imagine. And yeah, I mean, we're going to be really good. Def- we have the chance and potential to be really good defensively with those guys. And I mentioned it on Twitter, but can you even remember the last time that Dwight Howard even had teammates like LeBron James and Anthony Davis? This is probably no. the best group of superstars he's been around and maybe best roster in general. And he's in a much different role now as a role player. But if you're thinking about what's the best, most optimal environment for Dwight Howard to be in to even extract value in this day and age and for him to excel as a role player, he's in it right now. I think the probably the best player he's ever played with is James Harden. But I mean, that still doesn't stack up to Anthony Davis and LeBron James, you know, so asking him to be that garbage man type, that Clint Capella type, man, if he really buys into that role, we could be really, really good. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and it's hard to count Dwight's year over here with Kobe, right? Because, I mean, Kobe was on a freaking tear until, oh gosh, that was an unfortunate pun. Um, yeah. Yeah, until he tore his Achilles. Uh, but at that time, Dwight was, his body was a mess, right? Um but yeah, no, I agree that uh, Dwight hasn't been surrounded by, and even then, like, he has LeBron and Anthony Davis by his side, you know? So wh- whatever pressure there may have been on Dwight in the past to really assert himself on whatever aspect of his game, I mean, so much of that load and burden is non-existent at this point when yep. you have, again, say it so many times, two of the top five best players in the league. And thinking about how... He's obviously not as athletic as he once was, but just the lob threat that Dwight Howard is, the fact that he's going to be an afterthought with LeBron James and Anthony Davis is insane. With that said, we'll take it to break really quickly, and when we return, we'll close it out and talk about some additional tidbits like Kuzma and then Rajan Rondo. All right, we're back. So one of the biggest one of the biggest news stories that was surrounding the Lakers coming into training camp was Kyle Kuzma's injury, which the specifics kind of came to light and all of a sudden it became a lot more ominous than any of us had ever imagined. He's dealing with a stress reaction, sort of similar to what Taylor Horton Tucker's been dealing with, which has kept him out pretty much since the draft. It seems like they've known this for a while and it stems back from Team USA FIBA training camp. It seems like they have it under control, but what are your thoughts on that injury and and how Kyle Kuzma responded to questions regarding that injury? I think for me, I'm a little encouraged more so than I was coming into training camp. They are going to have an MRI for him coming out of the China trip, but that's only because they've already diagnosed this prior and the MRI is just to check up on him. So on that end, I'm already encouraged. And then given Kuzma's Kuzma didn't seem too worried about it, and he even said that he thinks or he, he's trying to get back at some point during training camp. So hopefully he doesn't miss too much time. It is a little worrisome just the fact that he has to deal with this and going into the season, even if you watch him play basketball, it's going to feel like we're walking on eggshells. But in general, are you encouraged by what Kuzma had to say? Ultimately, yeah, I'm encouraged. Uh, the fact that they did catch it so soon. As he said, and I guess the second he felt something when he woke up one morning, um, he said something about it, right? He didn't just 
try to work through it and brush it off as maybe being nothing at all. So it didn't get any worse from that point. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, if anything, this is, uh, yeah, I don't know. They, they caught it at the right time, right? Had it turned into an actual fracture, then we're talking, maybe he's not back until like Christmas time, you know? Yeah. Um, so to think of what it could have been does give me comfort. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate, you know, the fact that we've had this injury bug destroying our team, like ravaging our roster for years and years now. And then <clears throat> like any kind of small thing like this is just like, really? You just got to throw your hands up in the air. We're all excited to see him fill his role um, as that third guy, maybe six man coming off the bench, whatever. Just got to have to delay that gratification, I guess. Yeah, it's like transitive property, like Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram got shipped out, but then they kind of just transferred yeah, their seriously. injury concerns onto Kuzma, and the curse Jerks. of the uh, young core injury continues, but crossing our fingers and hoping for the best for Kuz, it seems like they got a hold and handle on the situation, hopefully that continues its way through with Judy Sato and the rest of the gang. Some other interesting tidbits, uh, Duds, as they call him, Jared Dudley, <laughs> um, said that Kuzma's his guy this year. He really wants to get Kuzma under his wing. D'Angelo Russell was his guy in Brooklyn, and it sounds like he is really excited for Kuzma's, uh, Kuzma's untapped potential and upside and is willing to sort of mentor him and give him any and all advice that he can, which is really encouraging. Um, Rondo talked about Quinn Cook and Caruso in very glowing ways. Um, said that these guys are are going to prove to people that they should be, and, and maybe maybe more so Caruso than Quinn Cook, because Quinn Cook has done it on the big stage in the finals, hitting clutch shots, but just mentioning that these guys are going to make true names for themselves this year. So that's kind of encouraging to hear. Obviously with Rondo, you can never tell, because it's like he always knows the right thing to say, but when it comes down to brass tacks, will he actually concede you know, the spotlight to those guys, right? Um, but still, encouraging nonetheless at this stage. Avery Bradley, I don't know if you got to hear his interviews, but he does not sound how I thought he would sound. But he is, <laughs> <laughs> but I say that in a good way. He is very smart, thoughtful, and really Sorry. knows. I mean, <laughs> sounds like a backhanded compliment. But he, I mean, you know, in comparison to a lot of NBA players, like in general, and, you know, even myself. He really knows how to express himself in a very well thought out way where the answers you're getting back, it's like you could ask one simple question and he'll give you a very well thought out answer. And he really knows how to articulate his thoughts very well in ways that a lot of us aren't able to. So, and he also just sounds a little bit nerdy in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we have a very cerebral team. We do. Know? Yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's the right guys are Guys are very thoughtful. And so much of that does come with experience too. Yep. Right. You you just hear it oozing out of um everybody's answers and they're very insightful, right? And it's hard not to be insightful again when you've been a vet for so long. And dude, it's crazy, like, not to get on too much of a tangent, but when Avery Bradley's talking about uh playing with Kevin Garnett <laughs> and playing with Paul Pierce, yeah. and it's like, Oh shoot, like obviously we know Rondo was with them and that wouldn't like, oh well, I forgot. But I, compl I I didn't forget, but I was like, oh, yeah, you're with those dudes. Like, you've played with uh, Hall of Famers, right? And uh, you went through all that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That that did definitely hit me as well. 
And then, sorry, this is a big tangent, but, like, Danny Green has played with Tim Duncan, you know, and Ginobili and Tony mm-hmm. Parker. And, like, you know, we're looking at Danny Green as, uh, oh, yeah, he just won the chip with Toronto. He played a big role. It's like, yeah, but look at all the Spurs years, right? And then forgetting that Danny Green and LeBron were teammates in Cleveland, like, a 100 years ago. I was like, oh, shoot, like, I freaking forgot about that, too. Like, damn, this team is old, you know? Quinn Cook and LeBron James. Quinn That's Cook true. was, yeah. uh, I think, a rookie on the Cavs team, and he he was talking about how when he got cut, LeBron James would still watch him in the G League and told him, you're going to be an NBA player, don't you worry about it. And hearing stuff like that is like, oh my god, this team is amazing, what a brotherhood, you're doing yeah, like, you know, yeah. Dead Poet Society kind of stuff, it's like, this is amazing. Um, <laughs> no, I totally feel you, and, and it's like we're getting the culmination of all of these guys' crazy experiences throughout their careers, right? All put together. And I'm just so excited to see what that can become. Um, Not to end this episode on a downturn, but let's talk about Rondo, especially after the Lakers, you know, first day of training camp and some of the comments that Vogel had to say about, you know, that lineup out there that he had probably shouldn't be reading too much into these, you know, first week lineups or whatnot that they're throwing out there as Vogel said himself that they're going to switch things up day by day. But on day one, we saw... Danny Green, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, um, JaVale McGee, those four aren't a surprise, but then we also got Rajon Rondo in there. Now, for me, I always felt like Rondo had a utility on this team, especially with the lack of ball handlers and primary initiators, but I always felt that they were going to stagger LeBron James and, and Rondo for that very reason, because there's no point in having two of those guys out there, and especially no point because Rondo can't shoot, but now we see him in the first in the first unit in these scrimmages and Vogel saying stuff like, I think Rondo can become like Jason Kidd and he's really improved his three-point shooting. All we hear this about Rondo this offseason is that he is knocking it down from the outside like crazy. He does have chemistry with Anthony Davis, but I thought that chemistry was going to manifest itself off the bench without LeBron James. Um, What are your thoughts on Rondo potentially starting? For me, it's like, you know what? I'm going to give Vogel the benefit of the doubt and let him try it out. But I just hope that sooner rather than later, he'll realize that the best way to extract value from Rondo will be to stagger him and LeBron James. And even if, quote unquote, it works out a little bit, I think there's still an optimal level there to be had if we just window those guys uh, separately. Uh, But yeah, what are your thoughts on, on that notion of Rondo becoming Jason Kidd? Uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts on, on that notion of Rondo becoming Jason Kidd? It's a good thought, right? Um, it's not it's an optimistic impossible. Thought. Yeah, it's it's not impossible. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's pretty much the same as what you said, honestly. Um, I I think it's totally fine for them to give it a shot, especially here during training camp. Um, just got to tinker with these different lineups and see all the different permutations you can create and what works best. And um, the one thing they always talk about with Rondo, of course, is his basketball IQ and his leadership and things like that. And it's like, well, we just got to see if his IQ and his leadership, which is uh, legit. um, Can that be apparent without being in the starting lineup? Um, Mm -hmm. I I think those sorts of skills and, you know, you could call them intangibles if you want um, should transcend whoever you're out on the floor with. Um, So, I mean, he himself, Rondo himself said, you know, he's really looking forward to serving as a mentor uh, to the guys. And he really wants to be like a player development type person. It's like, wow, you sound like a coach, which is awesome. Uh, Please do that. Um, So, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully 
the experiment is a swift one and uh, we come to a resolution <laughs> efficiently. Right. So Rondo has probably been the most polarizing player on the Lakers roster for all of this offseason since he was re-signed. Alan, what are you, how do you feel about Rondo? I, I know we see him as a good mentor, a, a smart guy, but I'll ask you this question. If there was any point last year where Rondo was, quote-unquote, even marginally effective, what point in the season would you say that was? Because obviously... If we take the whole season in totality, Rondo was bad. He he played matador defense throughout the whole year and was pretty much holding hands with his defender and leading him straight to the rim at times. But if there was ever a point where Rondo was effective, when would you say that was last year? Early. <laughs> early, right? <laughs> Very early in the season. Yeah, like basically pre-injury, pre-Christmas. Yeah, pre-Christmas. And if you remember during that time span, our sentiments on Rondo were not as you know, horrendous as they were towards the end of the season. And I actually, look, so I I put this out on Twitter, just contextualizing Rajon Rondo's season last year. And I'm just going to qualify everything before I get flamed that I'm not advocating for Rondo to start. I'm not advocating for him to even get 18 minutes. I'm just advocating for the very, you know, the very small bar that Rondo can have value on this team. Uh, is it annoying that we have to kind of go through hoops to accommodate Rondo? It is. But guess what? Anthony Davis and LeBron James want us to, so we're going to have to find a way to make things work, and we're going to have to try and find some silver linings here, and that's what I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. I'm not advocating for Rajon Rondo to be like this you know, second coming of who he once was, his former self, and I'm not even thinking that he's going to become that. I'm just making the argument that Rondo showed that he can have flashes of value. He showed it last year, believe it or not. And he's shown that he has value with Anthony Davis on the court. So that's all I'm talking about, okay? So, Alan, last year, before the injury, Rondo's net rating through the months, October, he was minus three. That's not great that you don't have a positive net rating, right? But I'm going to give him, I'm going to contextualize that by saying, I don't think a lot of the, I mean, the Lakers were still trying to find their way in October, right? That's also when he punched Chris Paul and was suspended for a few games, and the roster was kind of topsy-turvy. In November, Rondo was a plus 10 net rating, okay? So that's when things started to pick up, and we kind of got rolling. And then December, that carried forth. He was a plus 8 in net rating. And that's when the team really started to coalesce, right? And he started leading them, and that's when the Golden State Warriors game happened, and we thought we were in okay hands. January... Minus one. February, when the trade rumors happened, Alan, he was a minus 19. That's not a good number. <laughs> March, minus 16. So if you just look at his year, it's there's like a, a demarcation line of when things really spiraled and snowballed, right? And I'm not, not going to make a 100% correlation and blame it on the trade rumors, the Anthony Davis stuff. But I, I really feel like Rondo is just like the king of context. In a good situation, when things are rolling, he can find value and actually help contribute to winning basketball. But when things are going wrong and things are sort of sliding, he can exacerbate that, you know, and become the worst version of himself. And I feel like that's kind of what the numbers show you and also what the eye test shows you, right? The first half of the season, we actually saw him as a valuable player to help when Lonzo Ball was injured or, you know, to help if Lonzo Ball just was having an off night. And he was able to carry us a few ga- in a few games as well, like that game on the road versus Portland. Obviously, the Golden State Warriors game. 
the Boston game where he hit the game winner and had 17 points and like 11 assists. So again, I'm not saying that Rondo is going to be some amazing player next year, but just the, but just that he can find value and it's going to be up to Frank Vogel to find where he fits in and what lineups he fits into to extract that sort of value. And I'm going to contextualize Rondo's season last year just by saying that he had a pretty crappy roster to work with, and the fact that he even had positive net ratings uh, during some months, given what a crappy player he is now, is pretty amazing. The fact that he didn't have as many um, shooters that he does now in this year's team, the fact that we have more lob threats this year, he was able to make it work last year. And the last thing I'll say is when he played with Anthony Davis, I know that's like a year and a half to two years ago now, he was very good, as long as DeMarcus Cousins wasn't on the floor with them. Um, to close out the Pelicans' year, two years ago when they made that playoff run and swept the Portland Trailblazers and even won one game against the Golden State Warriors, Rondo was in units that had a plus 33 net rating. So it was Rondo, Drew Holiday, Etwan Moore, Miritich, and Anthony Davis. So it can work. Rondo has proven it can work. It's going to be up to Vogel to find the units that will work with him this year. And it starts with staggering him and LeBron James. He had a plus 16 net rating with Anthony Davis in the last 15 games of the New Orleans Pelican season when they won like 10 straight games or something. So it is possible. So Alan, just your closing thoughts on Rondo and whether or not any of my extra contextualizing of his last two years makes any sense for me just trying to find any sort of value for Rajon Rondo or am I stretching things a bit? Um, no, I don't think the little bit of light stretching that you're doing is unreasonable or anything like that. Um, context does matter for sure. And when the season hadn't completely gone to crap, he was a somewhat effective player. So that's great. Gone um, to crap. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, looking at, uh, how he did in new Orleans, uh, with Anthony Davis, I mean, that's, that has to count for something, right? We, we can say, oh, it's a couple of years ago. You have to completely discount that. I don't think you have to completely, um, I don't know how much weight you put on it, but, you know, let's let's choose to be optimistic here. Um, and I, I do tend to wonder, and this is uh, nothing that can be quantified, right? But how much does Anthony Davis's affinity <laughs> for Rajon Rondo, like, how much does that count for anything? Just in terms of holding him accountable to bring that back. Mm-hmm. Knowing that there is, like, such a connection there. And the guys on this team freaking love Rondo, right? Um I don't know. Like you, you would think that adds some pressure to him to uh, assert himself a little bit more, especially on the defensive end. But then the question, of course, is is he even capable of doing that at this stage in his career? Um, so, uh, yeah, just gotta take a deep breath. <laughs> As is the case with like everything, we'll see what happens. I think with Rondo, he is the surefire case of will he put his money where his mouth is right he said that he's willing to be do about anything. it yeah he's willing to do anything that the team needs him to do but if you remember in those past lakers championship teams we had guys like even luke walton who was in the starting lineup tell phil jackson hey i think trevor Ariza is working better here why don't you put him in there can rondo have that sort of mentality if he's as smart as we all know him to be can he see things on the court where it's like i'm not working in this lineup why don't you put in caruso right I have my doubts, obviously, but but we'll see just how much this championship run means to this team. And I think the biggest problem with Rondo, even with, you know, as much as I've kind of played devil's advocate for him, is it's kind of like that 
when you give a mouse a cookie with Rondo, right? When you give him even just 15 minutes, can you as Frank Vogel or Jason Kidd show discipline to keep it at that minute mark, right? But it's like once you've given Rondo minutes, when will it end? So can they can they really put a, uh, what's it called, a cap to that and make sure that and again, you don't want to go through flaming hoops to just make Rondo effective with this unit, but at least for the for the time being, they're going to have to just because of Anthony Davis and LeBron James' affinity for him. And I think it's possible. As I mentioned before, it is possible. It's going to take some work on everyone's end, including Rondo's. Um, but, but yeah, we'll see, man. We will see. Accountability. Everyone showing discipline, everybody being about it. Those are the themes for this year's Lakers group. Be about it 2020. That's a presidential, <laughs> you know, <laughs> our presidential candidacy statement for this upcoming year. And uh, it's, it's much better than uh, now this is going to be fun, I feel like. So, <laughs> all right. With that said, that'll do it for our show. Um, man, the next time we talk, Alan, it's going to be we're going to actually have basketball to talk about. The Lakers play their first preseason game against the Golden State Warriors on Saturday. I think that's right before they head out to China, but basketball is here. Close us out, Alan, just thinking about that. Basketball is my favorite sport. (laughs) Hey, that's a good way to end it. Uh, We'll catch you guys next time. Follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please, please, please rate and review us on iTunes. Also, if you're looking for a good family film to check out, check out DreamWorks Animation's Abominable in theaters now. Alan, I'll catch you later. Laters. Peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.